What's up, y'all? This is wide receiver Deontay Simpson. It's linebacker Jojo Ozugu. Cornerback Deshaun Getty Jr. Senior forward Zachary Simmons, and you're listening to Bruins Breakdown, your home for North Texas sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of Bruni's Breakdown, the 24-7 sports podcast. I'm your host, Matthew Bruni, and with me is none other than Luka Doncic himself, Colin Mitchell. Colin, Luka kind of looks like you today. In what way? Uh, you've been working on that step back. <laughs> you've been working on it. You've been working on it. You know... Don't be bashful to be to, the, bashful. to our audience. Sorry, sorry. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I yeah, got a mean step back. <laughs> there you go. But it's 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 a green step back from like five feet away, and not it's, from thirty five feet away. It's a step back from the rim to like the block. <laughs> the rim to the block, and then like shoot it, and sometimes it goes in. Yeah, exactly. You got it down, man. Listen, man. and sometimes a thirty five footer from Luca goes in. You know that's yeah, exactly. We're just the only difference is the amount of the length from the basket. You know that's it, and the amount of points you get, and who you're scoring on. You're you're doing that, and against, I'm not six eight. You're doing that against air. <laughs> <laughs> you're practicing your three foot step back against the air. Three foot step back. <laughs> Listen, man. Where's my ten day contract? <laughs> oh my gosh! All right, all right. Anyways, welcome everybody to our um, offensive preview podcast for the 2020 football season for the North Texas Mean Green. It's going. To, we have a lot. We have a lot to talk about. We have, um, you know, usually we ask for questions, but I think we have everything you could possibly cover in a podcast as far as this offense goes. I mean, we got last year's recap, predictions, depth chart rundown, what we saw at the scrimmage. Um, I mean, you name it. We went through it. We're going through everything. So we're excited to get this to y'all. Um, on Wednesday, we're going to have the defense podcast Wednesday tentatively. Yeah, that works. Yeah, right, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wednesday we'll have the defense one out, and then Saturday we're gonna have our predictions podcast out. Mm-hmm. Um, we will also another, I guess, plug is that this is VIP week on the Mean Green twenty four seven site. Um, so be sure to check that out if you're a subscriber, or you can become a subscriber subscriber for fifty percent off the entire month of August, which has another week or so. So check that out. Um, we hope you enjoyed our preview week, and we got a lot of content for y'all coming up. So. I cannot wait. Cannot wait. But Colin, in order for us to get into this offense, we have to go back. I don't want to go back. Oh, we have to go back, Colin. Okay. And I think I think I'm gonna start off You're forcing us to remember. I think bad I'm gonna start us off with last year's offensive preview podcast. Oh no. We have about a twenty second clip here oh, no. that I want to play for the audience. I am very interested in this. And I just I just want us to 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 listen okay to what we said all right all right so here we go all right all right, all right. <laughs> i'm already laughing i'm sorry i'm sorry here we go do we expect this team to average over 36 and a half points a game absolutely so what are we talking what are our expectations here how many points are we talking they averaged 38 his sophomore year give me 39 we're not touching 40 it's just that four four is a big number you feel 40, 40 is a big number yeah. 39 give me 39 give me 39 i'll say 40 all right. You yeah. have a wager. <laughs> this, if this is the price is right, you win automatically. No, that's it. That's <laughs> where we're ending it. You know, that's, that's where we're ending line. it. That's where we're ending it. This is the price is right. I had them go scoring 40 points a game last year, Colin. You know how much they scored? I don't remember, but it's 30. probably like 31. 30.58. Pretty close. 
What a great <sighs> offense. So with that being said, with that being said, <laughs> oh man. I mean, the reason why I don't I don't dwell on that too much is A, because you know, we're gonna be wrong sometimes, but I think everybody in the world was wrong to that magnitude when looking at this last year's offense. Again, we don't have to go through the names on the offense. Rico Bussey, Mason Fine, you know, DeAndre Torrey, Trey Siggers breakout had a breakout year and still didn't help as much. I mean, couldn't save the offense. Uh Kelvin Smith, you know, five senior offensive linemen, Mike Law, Jalen Darden. Rico. Yeah, I said Rico. That was oh, like the sorry. second one I said. Sorry. And then Jair Shorter. All of those names, and you look at it on paper, and you're like, "All right, thirty and a half points per game. That's not that's not terrible. That's pretty bad. You know that that's not. But it, but it, you know, thirty and a half points. That's not abysmal. It's not like the 2016 season. I think it was where they scored like uh, 24 or something. Well, how we're comparing it to the 2016 team. <laughs> but anybody who watched last season just knows what went on, right? And so you have the 51 points against Evelyn Christian. You had the 45 points against UTSA. And you had the 52 points against um, UTEP. But every other game... Oh, and you had the 38 points against uh, Charlotte. But every other game was just a struggle, right? I mean, Rice, 14 points. UAB, 21 points. LaTeX, 17. Uh, middle, 33 and a win. That's a good game. Uh, Southern Miss had those trash touchdowns at the end to save to make it 27. Cal 17, SMU 27. So, I mean, it's like they were scoring points, but it wasn't in a way in which any of us thought they were going to score points. And you had to look at it last year, and I don't want to like spend too much time on this because I feel like this is just good to get background information on. But you look at it, it's like Mason Fine threw for over 3,000 yards. Trey Siggers had a great year. You know, Jair Shorter on paper had a good year. Jalen Darn had a great year. What went wrong for this team, Colin, last year? If you had to put it, if you had to put all those good things into perspective as to why something went wrong, what what do you think is the main reason something it went wrong? I'm gonna say offensive line, mm-hmm. just because we thought it was gonna be better than the year before, and it just it seemed like it was worse, honestly, in a way. After it was so hyped up, we got the I forgot his name now, right tackle, uh, El- <laughs> not Alex Wilworth, DeAndre Planton. Yeah, yeah, DeAndre Planton, and then we thought Brammer was gonna make a make another step, and it just felt like Mason was running around way too much. And on top of that, Mason also didn't seem, I guess, aggressive enough. It was a mm-hmm. lot of just dink and dunk stuff, and then play calling, tons of the same problems that we saw with Graham Harrell, and yeah. the tight end thing didn't obviously work out. The pace didn't obviously happen. It was just tons of things together, but I think it all stemmed from the offensive line, and. You know, we all know how it went. It was, yeah. So it was a porous year. Um, Trey Siggers, like I said, broke onto the scene with 853 yards in 10 games on, with 152 carries. So a little over five and a half yards per carry. Uh, Torrey was still, you know, effective enough over five yards a carry. Lauren Easley, four and a half yards a carry. But like you said, the offensive line just didn't give them any freedom to do what they wanted to. And so then you saw the pace quickly evaporate then you saw the protection evaporate and then you saw um the tight end usages the different packages just go away right after the first game now i will say what is the what was the difference between why why could they score points with a bad offensive line in 2017 but not i really think the rico bussy injury hurt them and that's what i was going to say next mm-hmm. is i really think that rico bussy i completely forgot about that injury just 
deflated everything they they were they wanted. Isn't that crazy do. though? You go into the Cal game and they're close, and then Rico gets hurt, and you just feel like your season's over right there. Yeah, no, and you can, and then you have to throw in Deontay Simpson, true freshman to start. Well, initially, if you remember, it was Deion Hare Griffin who they put out there. Mm-hmm. The difference between Rico Bussy and Deion Hare Griffin is insane, incredible. Yeah, like that. That's how big of a difference it makes. So, um. And I just felt like last um, last year compared to years past is that there was no questions as to what worked on that offense in the past. Last year, they didn't know what worked. Trey Siggers was the most consistent force on that team last year, um, and I mean he was fine, but it, it was it was like he'd have really good stretches of carrying the team, and then he'd kind of go away. And not that's not his fault. That's probably offensive line's fault. It's probably play calling a little more so, but you know. In years past, it was like, all right, well, we know we have Jalen Guy and Rico Bussey on the outside, Jalen Darden. Like, we have one of the best receiving cores in the country. And we have, and then before that, you had Jeffrey Wilson. It's like, you know what you have. And last year, you didn't know what you had. You brought, you had Bodie Reader, who just didn't seem like a good fit. You had Seth Luttrell kind of just take the reins and be like, all right, well, I'm going to try this. And then it was too late to change anything, really. Mm-hmm. And so it just stacked on top of each other. And then your defense was awful as well. And so then you're just at a point where you're like the Charlotte game. You're like, all right, we put up 38 points and we still can't do it. And then you just get down on yourself. And then it yeah. just started stacking. It just started snowballing. It started snowballing and you're just couldn't. And I think another thing that is kind of underrated, but Seth, Seth talk, talked about it a lot last year is picking up that first, first down. This, this team, teams who aren't consistent on offense need that first, first down in order to get consistent. Mm-hmm. We weren't worried about getting the first first down 2018-2017. They were worried about scoring touchdowns. In 2019, they were just worried about picking up a first down in order to move the ball so that way their defense wasn't, you know, right. at the 40 to start off the drive. Yeah. Like that it's just different things you have to worry about whenever you're 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 struggling. And so for all those reasons and another thing is the defense didn't get a single damn t- takeaway. They had four yeah, picks the it, entire season. They didn't yeah. have a short field ever. Exactly. Exactly. And so it felt like the offense was always playing behind. Exactly. And so now we can look at this season and take all of what we saw last season and kind of put it into perspective of why that didn't work. And I feel like we have a much better grasp of why that didn't work now than we did even during the moment last year. Mm-hmm. During the moment last year, we just panicked. During the moment last year, we were like you know what? What's happening? What is it? What what is happening? We didn't know, and now it's like okay. Now we can look back on it nine months later and be like, okay. So yeah, there was just a lot of different things that snowballed into the effect, and I think that gives us a good segue into this year. In that, we're gonna get into our expectations later, but I think that this team, especially Seth Luttrell, knows what not to do, and yes. that. And yes, on paper, it's it's probably gonna be similar to what they've done in the past. I'm not saying that they're he's reinventing the wheel here as far as his style goes. But I just think that knowing what doesn't work and having that adversity as a head coach for the first time in his head coaching career, to have things go horribly wrong, that is what you learn from more than anything else. And that's what I'm excited to see is how this team, how this program, how Seth Luttrell learned and how he reacts to having his first real 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 adversity as a head coach couldn't you argue that the issues that happened last year were just the same things that were happening in years in the years before that on offense yes obviously um and you kind of mentioned it but if you look at years past remember 2018 they weren't like 
overpowering people on offense either. Remember the defense, EJ Agia, Brandon Gardner, Nate Brooks, Kimon Hall, right. kind of carried that offense right. in it was, it stretches. Was but the offense was still way better than what it was in no, 2019. No, it was, but but I feel like in in the like the 2017 year, there were there were like sometimes issues. Like they'd always have that that yeah. third and one the UAB game. Yeah, there was that issue, and then you saw more of the the questionable calls, all the short you know dump passes. And then they, last year, it was just the same. There, You didn't feel like they took shots. It was definitely... I don't want to say they didn't take shots. I, 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 want, just, I just feel like it was... it was Instead of going away from what was causing the problems, I guess in our eyes, mm-hmm. I just felt like they were doing more of that. And this goes back to what I was saying is that I'm hopeful that Latrell's because cause in the past, maybe they were able to get away with it, right? 2018, 2017, mm-hmm. they still had bad games. They had the Old Dominion game mm-hmm. in 2018 where they collapsed. Like, we, we've we seen this team have bad games on offense. I I believe that going into that 2019 year, you know, you could kind of shrug all that to the side. You they, If you're set the trail, you're like, all right, we won nine back-to-back nine-win seasons, and we've scored over 35 points a game back-to-back seasons. So, yeah, we're gonna, it's not going to be perfect all the time. So, why am I going to overreact to that? one bad stretch but I now feel, this isn't a bad stretch but i don't feel like it's an overreaction if the issues were the same you just had other and i'm sure facets of the game to yes, mask it. and i'm sure obviously they looked at what they were struggling with right they i'm not saying that they disregarded what they were bad at no i know but but i don't know if it's fair to expect that seth can will change things if he had three years a chance three times to change things no 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 but that's but that's what i'm saying that's the point i'm making here is that i feel like he hasn't had to change things in the past this year, coming off a four and eight season where they were abysmal on offense, specifically with the talent they had, he has to change things. I don't know. I feel like he had to in the past. No, I didn't. I never felt that. Why? It was working. They were. It was working against the game. They okay were, teams, but they weren't winning. They beat the Army. They they were they, they were did, they scoring. Got wrecked in the conference. Oh, okay. Championship if we're gonna game. go up against the best teams they played, then yes. That's obviously. what I'm saying. They, they I and, couldn't and, score against Iowa. They couldn't score against Florida. They couldn't score against well, SMU. The, even even uh, they scored the, against SMU. They blew out SMU. Even, but in the years where they were supposed to win big games, they they didn't win big games. They had nine wins. Troy, they lost. That's un, I think that's a little unfair. I think that's a little unfair, especially from an offensive perspective. Because when you look at, I mean, even if you look at like 2018, what was the year? They beat LaTeX and Southern Miss. I think that was 2017. Like, and then they make it to a conference championship game. And they put up 32 on SMU with the loss. They beat Southern Miss on the road. They beat UAB. This is 2017 I'm referring to. Um, beat Old Dominion, for, putting up 45 points. Beat LaTeX on a last-second field goal. Beat Army 52-49. I don't think there was ever a point... And even the Troy game, fifty to thirty, that def- the defense was awful. Well, yeah, but two of those touchdowns were scored in the last five minutes. It 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 doesn't it it's still. You look at that entire season, then you go to the twenty eighteen season, and like I said, they wasn't perfect. I never said it was they 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 were perfect on offense, but they did more than enough. Put up forty four on Arkansas, put up forty seven on Liberty, put up twenty. I mean twenty not twenty seven. I'm sorry. On Louisiana Tech, who is obviously a good defense, Southern Miss thirty. Like you go down the list. And there's no, I mean, 41 against FAU. Yes, they got blown out by Utah State, 52 to 13. The topping games were never get there. I never, but you, I don't think you're you. So you think Seth Luttrell looked at those games and said we need to change something instead of just saying those are outliers. I would say that every game that they didn't perform well in was a product of 
the same things that were happening last year, except they couldn't mask because they didn't have a Rico Bussy. They didn't have a defense that was serviceable. They didn't have... I mean, that UTSA game where they nearly lost it. Yes. That, that, that was the same. They had bad stretches. Well, they, But we felt like it was every game they were having them, but they were able to overcome them just because of the talent they had on the field. Yes. And I feel and like... So that's why this year, but specifically, I feel like, he has to make changes. Of course he has to now, but I feel like he should have looked at them before when they were there. You know what no, I mean? I'm sure, and I'm sure, I'm sure he looked at them, but there's a different type of urgency when you have to do something than when you can look at something else. So this goes back to what I've been seeing and what I've been talking to people throughout camp is that he was on both sides of the ball. Let's say he was 60-40 in favor of offense in the past, mm-hmm. his first four years. You know, He was like, all right, I'll do you know, 65, 60% offense and then come to the defense and try to help out over here as well. This year, it's like 80-20. Mm-hmm. He is all in on the offense probably more than 80 honestly but i'll say 80 20 in on the offense because this is his year to make the changes that he's been meaning to to make and that's what we said last year is that now we know who's in charge right and we know obviously we know he's getting paid the big bucks we know that he let go of Bodie reader he didn't hire a new offensive coordinator this is his offense and so any change he's wanted to make in the past, maybe there are changes he's wanted to make in the past where Graham Harrell was like, uh, you know, I don't feel comfortable with that. Or Bodie Reader said, uh, I don't know about that. And him at being an A, a new head coach and B, having respect. You don't want to, you know, right, you, you don't want to step on. Yeah, you don't want to like. Yeah, exactly. This is his chance. He doesn't have to. He doesn't have to turn to anybody. Right. He has no Graham Harrell here. It's him. Yeah. So that's for all those reasons. I look at this year and say. This is the year. If any year we were going to see change, it's going to be this year. Clean slate on offense. No Mason Fine. No, you know, juggernaut offensive players besides maybe Trey Sagers and Jalen. But you can tweak your offense around that. So there's no, like, juggernaut Mason Fine you have to involve. There's a clean slate on the coaching staff to where he's the head coach. And we saw the offense just fall apart last year. And so now it's his job to remake it from the ground up. So that's why I'm excited for just to see what changes. Mm-hmm. And that's why I'm hopeful, which is, I, I think hope is going to be something that we can deliver on occasion during this podcast. So, yeah. so we'll be sure to, to highlight it when we can. <laughs> All right, Colin, that was kind of a side tangent, but I enjoyed it. So let's get into the depth chart. Let's go position by position. We did position um, grades last week or two, a week and a half ago, I guess at this yeah. point, but those were kind of just generic Though we didn't take into account, you know, what we know, especially like when you look at the offensive line and um, other positions where there was competition where we have a little bit more clarity at this point. Um, a lot of these will be based off of, and if you read the depth chart story I put up on the site, you'll know that these were these are based off of, you know, these are not final by any means. Right. These are just uh, based off of talking to coaches, talking to players. Um, seeing them now in a scrimmage setting and seeing the ones go against the ones, the twos go against the twos, all that good stuff. So let's get started with the quarterback position, Colin. None other than Austin Ani, Jason Bean, and Kaysen Martin. Before we get into it, Colin, I published I published that story on Jason Bean and Austin Ani on Monday. Mm-hmm. And I didn't see many. It was just a couple. It was just a couple people asking, what about Kaysen Martin? And I just want to tell all those people out there hoping that Casey Martin starts or maybe even just questioning, maybe just asking, you know, what are the odds? Casey Martin is not starting. Casey Martin will not start week one. And barring 
things going horribly wrong, Casey Martin will not start anytime soon. So anytime, that, not anytime soon. Okay. Anytime. Yeah, I, 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 <laughs> I don't know what will happen in ten weeks. Who knows? But yes, Casey Martin is not in the competition to start a quarterback. He's in the competition to be the backup. Well, the backup to to the two ones. Literally in the scrimmage, and this will be here. Here's some insight for y'all. In the scrimmage, Austin Ani got first team reps. This is how they spaced it out. Austin Ani got first team reps. Then the second team came in. Casey Martin got reps with them. Then the first team comes back in. Jason Bean got first team reps. Second team comes in. Casey Martin, first team Austin Ani. Then I think it was like the fourth fourth team, third or fourth teams, and then they had like Cole Johnson out there or something. Will Keen, I don't know. That's how it goes. Right, they're not even giving him first team reps. So right. let's let's clear all that air out of the right now. And in also, uh, this is a side tangent. We don't need to get. On. We have so much to talk about. But what have y'all seen in Case and Martin that just justifies him beating out Austin or Jason? You I just married. want to know. He's a man again. Now. Shout out Case and Martin. He's a man. Shout out Case and Martin. Um, but anyways, um, that's just so. Anyway, let's get to Austin Ani and Jason Bean. Before we get into how they looked in the scrimmage, Colin. I went into the scrimmage hoping that I was going to be able to find some clarity. Mm-hmm. And I still don't know anything. That's good. <laughs> However. Uh-oh. You have a decision? No, I don't have a decision. Oh, I was going to say, uh, you look, you had the, the look on your face before, like you knew who you... Before this week, I probably, as you all know, I probably had it as 70-30 as far as Jason Bean starting. Uh-oh. Like that was just my. Are you that's flipping? what I thought they were. Are you going flipping to the Onibots? Uh oh, he has the flipping have, face on. We might have a change here. We might have a change. So I had it at seven seventy thirty for Jason Bean to start, and after the scrimmage, and after you know talking to people, I do have to admit I am now at a complete fifty fifty. Damn it! I needed the sixty forty. I have Austin. no idea who is going to be starting, and. Week one? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. I'm sorry for everyone listening to this podcast hoping to get answers. Nobody has answers. I don't even think Seth has the answer. I don't know if anybody knows who's starting at quarterback week one. And um, that's not a bad thing, but it is bad because I went to the scrimmage and uh, they weren't so hot. They weren't so high. Maybe Clint Bowen's defense is just amazing. We'll get into that later. We'll get into that later. I'm gonna I'm gonna give my flowers to the defense. Don't worry. But they struggled. Yeah. Um Ani had two picks. One was a pick six. Jason had one pick. Um one of those Ani picks was kind of a I don't know how to word it. One of those Ani picks was a miscommunication, and then the other one was just a great play by Deshaun Getty. I mean Deshaun Getty's a beast. But um yeah, and then Jason, he didn't run much. I mean, he had one kind of scramble out where he got some yards. They are doing a little bit more quarterback quarterback uh, read stuff with both of them. Um, How fast is Ani? Ani can move a little bit if he has some space. If he gets okay. some space, he can He's not quick, but he's he fast. He can move. Yeah, he can move. Jason Bean will go, but Austin Ani will kind of move. That's the difference. One will move, one, one will, will go. One will go. <laughs> so anyways... Uh, yeah, I, I don't feel great either way right now. But, yeah, I, I feel like it was a good to see both of them get reps and to see both of them go through it together, I guess. So now I, I can't say one way or the other who I, who I have. 
starting because both of them had a touchdown too. I mean, both of them had some plays that were good, but at the end of the day, they both missed some throws. I mean, Jason's arm looked a little stronger than it did last year, but making those throws to the, to the far hash. I mean, there's just too many, there, it, it's too inconsistent and it's too many unknown factors for me. And I've only seen one scrimmage, so I can't, you know, act like I'm the deciding figure here and mm-hmm. that I know everything. But still, it's it's worth noting that they didn't jump off the page. Who would you have if you had to put your money on somebody? Dude, I have no clue. I just said I'm 50-50. I know. And that now I'm making inc- you make a decision. Who would you put dude, there if you were Latrell? Man, I don't know, man. Uh, they just, just run them out half and half? Dude, <laughs> yeah, it's tough. Cause I, so the concern with Ani... I thought he'd be more developed in reading defenses than Jason. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd have more comfort getting read going through his just because he's older and well, yeah. And I mean, as a pocket passer, that's kind of what I assumed that he had the advantage at going through his reads. You know, making the right decisions, um, kind of being that you know experienced guy a little bit. Even though you know, you know they have the same same experience, quote unquote. Even, Jason probably has a little more, but that older guy that kind of knows what to expect, he didn't look like he knew what he expected. Jason Bean, <laughs> like Austin's a little more explosive. Jason, explosive how? Uh, just that I think he'll take a little more shots down the field, oh, okay, and I okay. think his arms a little stronger, and that he can zip it a little bit more down the field. But it wasn't, it wasn't the precision that I was expecting. He didn't miss throws. I mean. They're, neither one jump really impressed me, and I don't know how to quantify anything of what I saw because it was the only time I saw them, and then also they were so... I'm not going to say they were worse than what I expected, but they were different from what I expected. And so... Is, are you comparing them to Mason, though, or are you comparing them... Probably, but I mean... I'm not saying it's a bad thing to compare them to Mason, because I'm probably comparing them to like a Jack Abraham-level quarterback, like a middling... Yeah, average to above average conference USA quarterback, and I didn't see it. So this this isn't to say that they haven't been good in all camp. I have no clue. Right, I have no idea. Maybe that was their second scrimmage, right? Second or third? Latrell said third, but I thought it was their second. But I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Seth here and say that it was their third. Um, (laughs) Sorry, Seth, you're wrong. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So yeah, maybe they were great in the other practices. I have no idea. This is just saying what I saw in the one scrimmage that I went to. So. Make of that what you will. Um, anything else on the quarterbacks? I'm trying to think. And we, we graded them. We talked about them kind of last time. Um, I do have a question about them, which I guess we'll save. Just, Should we just go? Okay, yeah, we'll go. Because, okay. <clears throat> How big of a difference is it on this offense if instead of getting average quarterback play, they get below average quarterback play? Now, I know it might sound like an obvious answer. Like, oh, obviously they're going to be worse. I'm not asking if, if they're going to be worse. I'm You're asking how, how far much of a off. difference does it make, do you think? I think it's a huge fall off. If 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 you if, if, for, if the b- b- average to below average thing is their ability to read defenses, I think that's huge because you can't... We saw what happened when you tried to run the ball every time last year with Mason. Yeah. And they couldn't score points. So I think... I think you said this in something. You said that the that the running backs are the engine, but the yeah. receivers are the wheels. Yeah. You need to have you need to have the wheels moving. Yeah. And and if you can't get the throws there, if you can't if you're throwing two picks a game, 
you know, you can you can only do so much. So I think I think it is a huge fall off, and I think I mean that's a, that's a difference in a lot of games. I think the the reason why I ask this is partially because I'm anxious to see if Latrell is approaching this season as you know having unknowns at quarterback. So if he's approaching it with having those unknowns at quarterback, like okay, maybe they'll be good, maybe they won't. I don't know, but I'm gonna design this offense around Jalen Darden, around my running backs, around more tight end usage. So that way we can get maybe different sets, maybe different matchups across the board. That's how I kind of think that he is approaching this offense. Mm-hmm. So I think he's approaching it with that mentality of we're not. I don't need my quarterbacks to even be good. I just need them to be like adequate. So. But with that in mind, but adequate in what way? As far as just making simple throws, Jalen Darden will be open. Oh, of course, eight, for, ten times for, a game for simple throws. Yeah, but like, but how? But I I wasn't at the scrimmage, by the way. For yes, those listening, like, can Ani and Bean get it to Jair? Can can they get it to the guys over the top? Can they, if they're under pressure, can they get it to the Jalen Darden? You know, I, I feel like that matters a lot more, especially since we don't know about this offensive line. Yes. Like I feel like I feel like if they're below average, you have an offensive line that's okay, then they can scramble, they can do whatever. But if the offensive line is bad and you're being forced to make Mason-esque decisions yeah. while sp- scrambling out of the pocket, I think that's where the average to below average really comes out because Jalen Darden can be open, but did they see him? Yeah. You know what I mean? It the biggest difference I think will just be like I said, reading the defense and then making the the reads from receiver to receiver. So like you said, getting going from Darden, oh, he's not open, going to Deontay, oh, he's not open, and then you have to hit the running back on the flat. Like it's those type of progressions that you have to make as a quarterback that I'm worried about, and that's where I'm saying I'm really curious to see if Seth has to simplify it at all. I wonder if they just move toward a more well. I guess if they didn't do it in the scrimmage, then maybe not. But to a more kind of Middle Tennessee type thing where it's like O'Hara, where you yeah. just kind of I mean you throw Jason Bean, even like you're saying Ani, and you just do QB draws. And you throw they were dunk still passes. In, yeah, I mean they were still in still still in a lot of spread stuff, mm-hmm. and which I think they're going to be in regardless, just to right to keep the identity exactly. And, and you can run against maybe lighter boxes and stuff, but uh, it's it's going to be really interesting to see a how the quarterbacks progress and how they turn out because I we we don't know how good they're going to be, and if Latrell's ready, if if is Latrell prepared if the quarterbacks are not as ready as we hope. Right. Question, can they make the throws though? I know you said they missed throws, but can they make like do you mean miss in terms of like they didn't see an open receiver? No, no, no. He or are they not accurate? I think I th- I think I mean we again, this comes back to I think me partially comparing them to Mason and that maybe I'm expecting them to make tougher throws than than they should be making, but the, the completion percentage... Mason completed 62% of his passes last year. I don't feel great about them hitting 60%. Based on just because they're not accurate? I just don't... I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to be as accurate as Mason Fine was. No, of course. I'm, I, 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 I guess a, I'm just saying, like, like can they hit it Jair think, over no, the yeah, top? No, they're, they're going to be able to throw ball, throw you know throw it up to Jair. They're going to be able to hit Jalen Darden and wherever he is. But those tight, those it's, tight. Yeah, pockets, it's the, yeah, it's the tough ones that I think are going to really struggle here. So that's mm-hmm. that's. And again, I have to see more. I'm excited to see more. I'm just asking the question because I did see, what I did see was not that good. 
I have to ask the question is, is Latrell prepared if the quarterbacks struggle? So that's that's where Yeah, and I only I only ask that because if if they're able to make the throws, then you can learn a defense. You know what I mean? Yeah. Whereas if you know the defense but you don't have the talent, the arm talent to get it to wherever it needs to go, yeah. then that's another issue entirely. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the running backs here. Trey Siggers, DeAndre Torrey um are gonna be the top two. Oscar Attaway, Nick Smith as the three. Um Trey Siggers was cleared for practice cleared for um practice, full I mean full speed practices, I should say, and he participated in the scrimmage and That's i gotta tell you Colin, to me. it was but i gotta tell you he looked damn good really he looked That's damn good. good he's did running he, did he look 100 percent, 80 percent what <laughs> he looked like 90 percent. really he looked good he ran hard and that's it was any, such, so was refreshing he, was he any type of type of i guess it hesitation didn't, it didn't it didn't look like it not wearing a knee brace could have fooled me all right he was running all right and I'm, i was I'm like happy with that Again, this comes back to what we said last year. The difference between him on the field and any other back for them is just it's just different. Right. It's just cuz he has that I mean that Jeffrey Wilson factor where yeah. he can make something out of nothing. Yeah. He has he has that it factor where you know, you know what you can get from DeAndre, Nick, I mean Oscar is still young, so whatever, but those those other backs, you're like, "All right, those guys are going to be good. They're going to make the plays. They're going to, you know, maybe juke a guy or something, make a make a move and get some extra yards." Trey Siggers, when he touches the ball, I was like, "Okay, that could be a touchdown." Right. And that's that was Right. Good he to see. he goes 6 yards and you're like, "Can he get out of that?" <laughs> exactly. So that was that was very promising to me. Um, I don't think I have too much on that besides I'm hoping Trey Siggers, you know, stays healthy, you know, c- continue to rehab and make sure he's good to go for week one. But Seth, <laughs> it was, it was his only, cause that's their last scrimmage next week. They're mocking a game week. And so I don't think they're going to have a scrimmage or at least not in that, you know, capacity. capacity. Um, that's his only real game experience since November. That's insane. going into Houston and Baptist. What was his injury? Like do you, bro? Do you he know? like it was like a something with a knee. I know, but I don't know if it was uh, a twenty ACL. It, was like, it wasn't. No, no, no. It wasn't ACL. It was not an ACL or MCL. It was a. Uh, I'm not gonna remember. I'm not gonna speculate. But it was something with his knee or leg. I was um, just. I was just curious because it, to recover it was nine bad. months. I mean, that's about. It's not. Abnormal. I mean, to be at ninety percent in nine months. It's not abnormal. Not abnormal. It's not abnormal, but that's hard. <laughs> Trey Sagers is a freak. <laughs> Trey Siggers is a freak. Trey Siggers is a freak. Matthew Bruni, twenty twenty. Trey Siggers is a freak. Um, all right. <laughs> where's the Where's the oh. graphic on that? <laughs> also, um, I guess a, a side question is, I wrote in my story on the running backs was that they've been close to fifty percent as far as run pass goes. So I think they were at like forty seven percent, forty eight percent, forty nine percent, and like forty seven percent last year. What percentage do you think it'll be at this year as far as run pass goes? They'll probably be 50-50. I, th- I don't think they, they become like a predominantly running offense. I think that it'll be more... We'll see a lot of what that we saw in 2016 mm-hmm. where they were like the T.I. Let It Fly was thrown around so yeah. much and they ran with Jeff a lot. I think that's going to be the same thing because like you just said, Trey Sickers has that it factor that Jeffrey Wilson had. You have to use it if you have it on the field. So 50-50 probably. Um, if they run more, it'll be with the quarterbacks. That that's the only reason why I think it could be get up to like fifty four, fifty five, is if Jason Bean starts and if Jason Bean runs. So yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Yeah, but, but yeah, it's not going to be this giant sixty right. forty swing. Right, that, you're, you're not going to see a triple option army yeah. type offense out exactly. there. Exactly, exactly. So that'll um, that'll be interesting to watch. Receivers, 
it's everyone we know. Jared Shorter, Deontay Simpson, Jalen Darn, and then Jason Pertle at tight end. Um, the backups, Austin Agumikins had a great camp. Uh, Greg White, uh, Keelan Jackson, another guy to watch as Darden's backup. Keelan then, Jackson? Yeah, from the 2019 class. Oh, right. So I was thinking freshman. of the safety for some reason. Keelan Crosby. Keelan Crosby. Um, and then the backup tight end, Asher Alberting, which is kind of surprising. But and he's the apparently he's been having really good. He's camps. the true freshman, right? He no, he's a retro freshman. You're thinking of the true Christian freshmen Lee. are Jake Roberts and Christian Lee. Okay. Those are the two true freshmen. So yeah, Astro Alberting, backup tight end. Expect him to be, you know, and big. he's more of a receiving. No, he he's pretty balanced. He's pretty balanced. He's pretty big. Um, I want to say he's six three. I don't have the roster in front of me. Hold on, I'm gonna control it. Uh oh, Alberting. Six four, six four. Um, no, but he, he is pretty versatile as far as running and blocking goes or receiving and blocking. Goes. Got you. Um, I don't think I have anything else to say here. I mean, I, like you said, I called them the wheels of this offense and you know, they're going to go as far as the quarterback position goes. I think in a lot of ways, um, Jair shorter had a really nice, you know, jump ball catch. Um, I think it was over Jordan Rucker. And so that was promising, but it all comes back to the quarterback at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Um. Da-da-dum. Oh, another tidbit. Jason Pertle was played in the slot a lot, so he's in a possibly so instead of that, that Mike, Mike Law, Law. Yeah, instead of another receiver at Mike Law spot, they they're just gonna flank out. Um. Yeah. Jason, Pertle. which allows for more blocking. Yes. Now, offensive line. My favorite thing. to This talk is about. going to be interesting because now we know who is basically starting. Let me run through it for everybody who maybe didn't look or maybe doesn't care or maybe, or maybe doesn't care. Just wants it to get wants to not look at them. Left tackle, Jacob Brammer. Left guard, Antarius Gray. Center, Manasse Mose. Right guard, Chris Cassidy. Retro freshman, 2019 class. Um, right tackle, Cole Brown. Hmm. Now, if y'all had those five, come on up, because that is a bingo. So Colin, there are some s- names not on here that we thought were going to be on here. Brian Parrish, Tishon Turpin, um, eh, not J- Chad Hexton, but Daxton Byers, John Brunner. Those are kind of names that are the backups right now. We expected Gray, Brammer, Mose, but then Cassidy Brown mm-hmm. as those other two is an interesting change for me. And I think it shows more than anything that Blesh is not afraid to play guys based on their age. Yeah. I like think he has no I, ties to the older players. I also here. think it's also a, a thing of who has more potential at the end of the day. Like why play a Ryan Parrish if we kind of already know what he is. You want to know another thing it might be? Sure. Chris Cassidy is probably just better than all of them. Chris Cassidy is like, <laughs> Chris Cassidy. this is what we're getting into. The 2019, 2020 no, classes, you're right. you're, those you're offensive right. line classes yeah, you're right. are just different. No, they are. They definitely are. So they're just different. Chris Cassidy, John Brunner, Daxton Byers. Those are all three. Those are the three retro. Those are the three 2019 commits from the 2019 class. And there's a case that at least two of them could be in theory starting. Mm-hmm. It's going to change quickly. Yeah. Next year, the 2020 class is going to be in contention for all these spots. It's and those three 2019 guys are probably all going to be starting. Like it's going to move quickly. So that's where we're saying, that's where it comes back to our argument last year where like this is kind of the gap year, especially when you look at the offensive line, is that they're trying to piece it together. After this, they'll be set. That's exciting. Do you expect them to be better than last year? 
This could be the third year. Is this going to be the third year in a row we say they're better than last year <laughs> instead of saying they're going to be just the same? <laughs> you tell me, Bruno. Oh, man. How, how'd they look at the scrimmage? You, you can't you can't tell, you know, wholeheartedly how good they looked, but, you know, they gave the quarterbacks a little bit of time. A little bit of time. We're talking like, like Mason time. We're talking they, like, gave, they gave them a little it, was, it didn't look that much worse than last year, I'll say. That much worse, so they're worse, okay. No, 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 no. I, I didn't even say that. You're, ta- you're you changing said, my words. You said that much worse. Okay. They didn't look worse than last year, I okay. guess I'll say. I need to see more. I'm not going to make any sweeping assumptions right now. But um, hopefully, I think Jacob Rammer should be better than last year. He's my big question mark here more than anybody else. More than anybody else. I need Jacob Rammer to, to be, you know, that. Uh, why, why don't they have I need Jake- him to be the best left, ta- left tackle they've had under Seth the Trail. Why don't they? I don't get why they put him back at left tackle. And he could move to right tackle. I, I, I was going to say tackle, they need to but, move him to right tackle. I mean, maybe he's better than Cole Brown. I don't know. But yeah. maybe he's their best tackle. I don't know. But I'm saying he needs to be the best left tackle ever under Latrell. And that's I don't know if that's asking too much. Jordan Murray and uh, DeAndre Plant are your if, two if that's, competition. If that's, if that's asking too much, then there's an issue. <laughs> no, but, I mean, it is, though. <laughs> but, yeah, no. Brammer needs to be there. Mose needs to take take charge and be a consistent guy at the center position. Um, you know what was kind of an underrated thing or under cool. underlooked thing last year? What? Was the amount of bad snaps that Mason got from center oh, last year? Yeah, no, exactly. Cole Brown's a retro sophomore as well, so all of these, all five of these starters are not seniors. There's no seniors. The only senior I want to say is Chad Hickson, who's the backup center. Interesting. Uh, Parrish is a senior as well, I believe. I don't know that. Let me see. He's a retro junior. This, yeah, this offense line is going to return everybody next year. Yeah, it's just whether they're good or not to where we want them to return is what we'll see. Um. All right, let's get to the defense. Oh, yeah. Whoa. I started scrolling down my depth chart, and I just had defense next. All right. That, again, that, that podcast is on Wednesday, folks. So check that out. Um, just end the podcast right there. Let's get the defense and then pick it right back up. <laughs> all right. Uh, that, was all the, that was all of the uh, depth chart rundown I had. Um, let's get to sleeper picks, Colin. Okay. I'm trying to figure out how we want to do this. Do we, Let's pick. One skill position sleeper. Okay. Now let's just pick two. Let's just pick two two sleepers of any kind, because they'll okay. both probably be skill position. Because I'm not going to pick a slate sleeper on the offensive line. <laughs> Besides, maybe Chris Cassidy. Shout okay. out Chris Cassidy. If he's balling the way that Blesh and others have talked about him, could be could be really good. Um, but I'm not going to pick him. Uh, do you want to go first? Do you have sleepers in mind? I have, you have one. To think? Okay, go ahead. Who's he's your my first? obvious choice. Oscar Attaway. Okay. This dude's this dude's coming out. I don't know why you underrate him so much. I'm not underrating him. I'm you just, do. He said he's, he's not third. gonna get carries. He said he's third. He's, he's not gonna get carries. Gonna get carries. He's gonna get carries. Oh my god. I bet you by week four he splits them with Tori. Oh <laughs> You wanna bet? I bet he doesn't have a. I bet he doesn't have a game before I bet he doesn't have a game all season where he doesn't get over ten carries. Over nine carries. Listen, man, I'm just telling you that he's in a split carries with DeAndre Torrey. All right. Do you have any? Do you have anyone else? Do you want? Do you want it's your turn. All right. It's kind of difficult. It's kind of difficult because we know everybody. It's like either these guys are established or we don't know anything about them. So I'm gonna go Austin Agumikin. I think Austin Agumikin 
That's an interesting pick. I think he could be. I don't know if he steps in for Simpson a lot, but he'll get those uh, snaps where Shorter's not on the field, and I think he could be just as good as like Deontay, Deontay Simpson, like. He's better than Greg White, just based on what I've heard as far as like how how fall camp. No, isn't is he more really an outside solid. receiver? He is, yeah. And wouldn't you, doesn't Deontay Simpson kind of route runner ish type of dude? I mean, yeah, but he's still at an outside position. He's still at like a Z. Still at like no, I know, but I'm saying just in the way they play. I was just saying. I mean, yeah, he's he's a little bigger. He's he's like I said, I have him as a backup for Jair mm-hmm. right now. Yeah. So yeah, maybe that's where he'll be. But Austin Gumikin, I've heard really good things from. Is a he going to be better than a Greg White? Yes. Okay. That's he's he's the third best outside receiver on this team, and whether he's better than Deontay Simpson or not, I don't know. But I, I I'm excited for him. Yeah, I'm excited for him. Okay, now my next sleeper pick is going to be very interesting, and it might turn some heads. We might we might have some controversy. Go ahead, Jason Bean. I think that they're going to use him in a lot of running packages. And you're saying Ani's still starting? I'm saying Ani. I'm leaning more toward the fact that. They might use both of them. Here's a point. Kind of, and, and I thought about this the other day when I was... Because I, I went to a practice. Mm-hmm. And I thought about this the other day. Why not do a Middle Tennessee type thing where they have... Or if the dude's playing well, you keep him in. You know what I mean? And after then after I read your story about the scrimmage notes and after you talked to me about that, it's like... So if, there's, if there's no separation, if Austin Oni... And don't get me wrong, I'm still on the train because I love him. I'm saying if he's not able to separate himself with what he's able to do better, then you need to use both of them. I think. So are you in favor of a? So you're in favor of a two quarterback offense? <laughs> that sounds awful, but yeah, I think I think I think if it'll be if 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 it's used the way I think it'll be used in my head, you'll have Ani start, but you'll have. Kind of, I guess, how... What's his name? John Franklin? Was that him on FAU? The dude from Last Chance U? Anyways, he would come in at quarterback, and it'd be almost like a wildcat type thing because they'd just run him. Mm-hmm. And you knew that he was going to run, and he'd get yards. And I think that they could do that with, with Jason, but he can still throw at the same time. Mm-hmm. I think that it would be like a, oh, hey, let's mix this let's mix this up, throw Bean in for a play, let's see what happens. It's a hot take, Colin. That is a hot take, but I think I think it could work. I don't even know how to respond to that. I'm thinking. Hold on, Jason Bean. If he doesn't get the starting job, you're saying that they could run some packages with him. Yes, because I think they'll I mean, need to use his legs. You know the old saying, Colin. I don't know the old saying. <laughs> What's the old saying? So, something along the lines of, if if you have two quarterbacks. What is it? If you're playing two quarterbacks, then you don't have a starting quarterback. Is that what the saying is? Some, something like that. I've never heard of saying. Well, like something that. along those lines is that if you have two quarterbacks, then you don't have one good quarterback, and you don't have one good quarterback at the exact this exact second. Wow, wow. So Jason Bean as a sleeper pick, but not because he's going to get the starting job. Correct. I think that he will do. He will, like it'll be like a. Almost Quinn Shambor esque thing against FAU when Mason went down, except like every other game. Like you'll see him like just I come out and run. I can only see it if if the offense just doesn't do anything in the first quarter. Like if they yeah, just no, I think abysmal. It, I don't think it's gonna be a like, oh, we're doing really well passing the no, ball. No, not even really well. I think if they just do like if they get like if they can move the ball a little bit, I think they're not gonna move. Well if they're able to move if, the ball, of course not. But if 
If you need to, if you need to do something, yes, of course. Oh, I, I definitely agree that we could see quarterback changes in the middle of games. Like if yeah, things are not I, I think right. I think that the reason why I think that that's a, my sleeper pick is because I think that he will make it won't be like a six yard gain for a first down. It'll be like oh he's getting thirty yards on this play. I mean, if it's that easy, why not start him? Because Oni's gonna be the best thrower. Uh, one theory I did here. I mean, do you do you think that? You know, if this team is going to be a running team, and if Ani is the better passer, should they start Ani so that way you can at least, you know, keep the safeties honest, keep people honest? That's what I'm in saying. You'd start Ani, and then just bring in. B. And then if it's like a, like say you need to mix it up on like a third and one, yeah, and you haven't, and it's the middle of the second quarter, throw in Bean, bang, use his legs. And then at the same time, you, he he's not. It's not like he's like Quinn, where he can't throw at all. Yeah, like he can still throw. No disrespect to Quinn Shambor on this podcast, Colin. I'm not disrespecting. I'm just saying they didn't throw the ball like he once he whenever he was playing against. He has a touchdown. He had a touchdown against, against Iowa. Iowa. Yeah, 20, 2017. Whatever. Don't Anyways, all I'm saying is that you can keep you can still keep them honest, but when he comes in, obviously your first look is a run, and I think that that. It's not like he's going to have like a thousand rushing yards or anything Here's like that. Here's the tough thing. Here's the tough part about what you're saying now. In a year where they didn't have spring football, they had five months away from each other. Yeah. You're asking them to put in different sets for Jason Bean or for the backup quarterback. I don't think, I don't think it's going to be different sets. It has to be different sets. It would be a thing like, hey, Jason, we're going to run this so, play. It'll be, it'll be like, we're going to run this play. But if you see a s- spot, just go. Just go. That's what I'm saying. This is... Oh, my God. This is why I like basketball okay. more. All right. <laughs> okay. 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 My second sleeper... Wow. ...is going to Just be... disregard me. Keelan Jackson. Wow. You picked two receivers? The future Jalen Darden. The future Jalen Darden. That's it. That's all I got to say. He could be the future Jalen Darden. I need to see him develop. I need to see him on the field, but... I've heard good things. I've heard really good things about him so far. So, Keelan Jackson is my sleeper pick for this offense. Why are you looking at me like that? I don't I don't know anything about him, so I don't know what to good. say. Good. All right, Colin, let's get to our expectations. Okay. Now, I started this podcast off by asking, I actually by playing us predicting North Texas to score 40 points a game last year. <laughs> we have to predict what they're going to score this year. Colin? Yeah. Before we get to that, there's oh, okay. a few things I want to get to. Thank you, because I wasn't ready to don't answer worry, the question. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. We'll get to it. Um, let's talk about pace, mm-hmm. because this is a really interesting topic to me. Because we've heard a lot in the past two years that this team is going to play faster, and it didn't happen mm-hmm. for various reasons. It did not happen. Now, I literally had an interview with Jalen Darden. About five minutes. And to be fair, I was asking him questions about Coach Latrell and the offense. But every answer was about playing faster. Hmm. Talked to Blesh, talked to Cobbs, talked to Maynard, talked to Latrell, talked to Mose. All of them. All of them said they're playing faster. That's kind of scary. All of them, Colin. Now, 
typically this is how I would lead the podcast off, Colin. You know, if if I didn't know any better, I'd come on here and be like, this team's gonna play faster than last year. Like they're gonna play super fast. They're gonna snap the ball with, with like ten seconds off the play clock, like less than that. Like we're gonna see like seven seconds or less. Seth Luttrell, seven, seven s- seconds or less, less. Seth. That's what we're gonna see. But that's what I did last year. Yeah. And last year had such a big impact on me and how much I... It scarred Bernie. It did. But it had such an effect in how I... How much I trust the coaches and players. And I'm not saying that they're lying. They're not lying. I'm not saying that they're lying. I'm saying that things change so quickly that it could make me look wrong. Like that. Like something goes wrong, they're like, "All right, scrap that. We're not doing pace. <laughs> scrap everything we did over those yeah, over the fall. yeah, because that, that's what happened last year. <laughs> no, it is. SMU right. punches them in the mouth. All right, boys. Well, let's kind of take it down a little bit. Yeah, obviously, we're our running defense, the ball every time with Trey. Our defense is not getting any breast, and we can't move the ball. So let's slow it down. It's that quick, and then I look like an idiot because I came on here and preached for two months how much faster they were going to go. So now, Colin, now I'm I'm much more subdued. Mm. In case you can't hear it in Tame. my voice. Yes. Now I come on here and I'm like, okay, well, all these guys are saying it. Maybe it'll happen. But if things go wrong, how likely are they to stick with it? That's the question that I have. And I'm not going to ask them because I mean, maybe I will in the future. But you know why I don't ask some questions? Because I already know the answer. Here's the answer. No, we're gonna stick with the pace. You know, you know, we've practiced it. We're we're not gonna let it go. We're gonna have we're gonna keep the defense on their heels. You know, we're gonna be able to attack, attack, attack. Okay, <laughs> okay, <laughs> all right, sure. So, anyways, with all that being said, Colin, I'm skeptical. Everybody's skeptical. Everybody with a North Texas flag outside their house. Everyone that owns a North Texas shirt. Everyone that sees the color green. Is skeptical. Are shout you? Out, are shout you? Out, shout out those Michigan State fans. Are you skeptical, Colin? Uh. Or do you think this is the year? This is the year that they finally play with pace. A year where the quarterback position is iffy. Why didn't they play with pace last year? Because the defense. That's part of it, but also because they couldn't pick up that first first down that and they, they talked get about. The first, first down, and so when you. Throwing incomplete pass, it's kind of hard. I would to, also say that they base a lot of their offense around RPOs it's, it, and tight ends. Y- yes, yes, yes. And I don't think they'll be doing RPOs this year because there's no Mason. That that's that that's my issue. I don't think that they're that Ani and Bean are going to be able to command a huddle. Like, what do you mean by that? Like, to where if they're going to the line, like Mason knows where he's going to go. Okay, so yeah, y- yes, there'll be some hesitancy. That's here. what I'm saying. I'm not saying like he's like the yeah, team isn't. Yeah, doesn't, don't trust them. That's yeah, what it no, sounded like. I no, was no, like, no. Okay, what I'm saying Jesus. is like I don't think that Ani or Bean either of them are going to go into a go into a hurry up offense and be like, all right, I know exactly where I'm going to go if I if this dude's not open. Yeah, it it'll and it'll just fall apart. So do I think they'll go faster? No. Okay, this goes back to what I've kind of figured out, I guess, and it goes back to my point of getting that first first down. But the pace, the no huddle offenses, the if you go if you remember the the late two thousands Oregon's offenses and all that good stuff, the reason they could play fast and play without a huddle is because they were completing passes, getting substantial yards, getting first downs, 
and not putting their defense in a troublesome position. It takes a lot of different things to go right in order for you to play fast. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, because if you think about it, after an incomplete pass, they're not lining right. They're not lining up. Right. Like after after, the defense has after a negative two two yard run, you're probably not rushing back to the line of scrimmage. Right. Like they're they're after a sack, you're not lining back up. Things have to go right for you to play fast. You have to have an offensive line. Yes. Like you have to move the ball in order to get a team yeah, on you, their you heels. have to be in a rhythm like you can't get pick up two yards and then play fast and expect the defense to be on their heels right they're not gonna be on their heels they're, they're like just, oh we just got two yards they're gonna be this. waiting for you. exactly that's the difference exactly. and so that's what it was last year and that's why they had to just stop slow down and be like all right well let's wait a second let's try to give mason find the best position uh the best chance to be effective like it's so much easier when you're going against your defense in an indoor practice facility, you know, everything's going right. You know, we're like, all right, let's do this. And we can do this after that. And we pick up a first down. And all right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Go, we're back. We're, we're snapping. Pick up another six yards. Let's go, let's go, let's go. SMU and Houston are going to be real <laughs> defenses. And we saw last year what real defenses did in North Texas. Yep. So that's why I'm hesitant. It's not because I don't trust them. It's not because I don't think that they're telling the truth and that they've been practicing it. I think they've been practicing it. But they probably still practiced it last year in the middle of the season. Exactly. But it's hard. Yeah. And so this goes to another thing I was I was I was thinking about. Coach Luttrell, one interesting quote that he said was that when you practice fast, things slow down during a game. I think that is more valuable. I'm not going to say it's more valuable than playing with tempo, but I think that is where a lot of value comes by practicing fast. Yeah. If you practice fast, then you can be like, all right, you know, because when you get to your game, you're going a million miles per hour. So you don't want to like not be prepared for that. So if you play fast, you're you're going fast in practice, then you can go fast in the game. Or if you have to slow down, you can slow down in the game. That's where I think the value comes. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm not going to knock them for practicing fast. I think that's great. I just... Don't expect them to be at that pace consistently throughout the season. Mm-hmm. That's that's just that's my expectations. You have to show me, and I think I I'm I think I kind of speak for you you as well. I think we both speak for all the North Texas fans, and that you have to show us. Yeah, you, you know, your words they hold weight, but they're they're not gonna they're not gonna change our expectations. Not quote. this time. Not this time <laughs> around, Seth. <laughs> Seven seconds or less, Seth. Seven seconds or Seth? No, no. Seth, that's bad. Seven, seven. Seth. We'll come up with something. We'll come up with something. Okay, that was a good pace conversation here. Mm, uh, Okay, where? Okay, here, here's a good question for you. I'm not gonna. Where do you think? Because we did a full conference preview for every team in the conference. So now we just we're the czars of the conference. The czars. Um, where do you think North Texas offense will rank? Not even in terms of yards, not in terms of points, not in terms of any tangible stats. Just how good do you think this offense will be like in the test. conference? I test as far as just yes, just confidence in them. You know, all the I, I don't want to call them intangibles, but how good of an offense do you think they'll be out how of the thirteen teams? Not including not including Old Dominion. Do I have to give them a ranking? Yes, out of thirteen. Damn. Out of 13 teams. I was going to say, like, <laughs> top half. That's all I was going to say. <laughs> Damn. 
Let's top see. half would be sixth. Sixth or above. Who would they be ahead at that point? They'd be ahead of... Do you, do you want me to read off the Conference USA teams? I can do that for you. Yeah, I don't... I just have to it's okay. think about them, you know? It's okay. Let's think. They're not going to be the Southern Miss. They're not going to be... Oh, they might be above FAU now. I don't know. Without Robinson? Robinson. I don't know who their quarterback's going to be. I don't know either. Um, FIU, they're not going to be ahead of. Okay. Or they are going to be ahead of, sorry. Where did this happen? Anyways. All right. Uh, here, here, here are the teams. You don't have to say that they're going to be better or worse, but here you go. I'm going to Louis- say it's better or worse. Louisiana Tech. That's tough. They're not going to be better than Louisiana Tech. No. No. UTEP, yes. yes. Southern Miss, no. No. UAB. They sell Tyler Johnson? Yes. Then yes. Or no. Then no. No. Rice. Yes. Oldman does count. Uh, FAU. Don't know. UTSA. Yes. Charlotte. Club Lit wins every time. I don't even know what the other teams are. Hold on. Middle FIU. Tennessee. FIU, yes. Middle Tennessee? No. I don't know how many that is. We're definitely forgetting someone. But I don't have all the teams up in front of me, unfortunately. Regardless. So what are we, what are we talking there? Give me seventh. Seventh? Seventh. Safe seven. Seven seconds or they were, less, they were, Seth? They, is they, that were probably, they were probably around fifth last year, roughly. So small no step. way. That seems so bad. That seems so high. High, yes. No, they're probably fifth. Maybe less, but they were they were around there. Okay. All right. Seven seconds or less, Seth is at seventh on my... There you go. On there my, you go. On my power rankings. All right. Where do you have them? Damn, you were just, just going to no, skip over I, that? No, I forget. I you forget. were just going to skip over no, that, guys. No, I, I legitimately forgot. Not, no transparency. I legitimately no forgot. I'm sorry. That is unbelievable. All right. I have the teams right now. I have our YouTube page up. Also, check out our YouTube page to check out all the previews. Um, Western Kentucky has a better offense. Oh, I forgot about them. Mm, Do they? Probably. No. Mm, eh. It depends. Mm, probably not, actually. Marshall probably does, even though they don't have That's a close. quarterback. That's close. All right. Well, you're saying seventh. Yeah, I know. If you're saying seventh, they have... M- m- I know. It's All right. Close. So the only teams it's better, close in the only, favor of North no, Texas. No, no, no. The only teams definitively better on offense than North Texas to you, Colin Mitchell. Wow. Are Charlotte, UAB, La Tech, Southern Miss. F- I wasn't sure about FAU. F- so we'll say they're FAU. better. We'll say they're better. So you have them sixth. Yeah, we'll push somebody mm. else over the top. I have them seventh, actually. I said seventh. Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's some bad offenses in Confuse. UTSA bad. Uh, I I'd probably say sixth as well. I said seventh. I'm, I'm I just want to make sure <laughs> he keeps trying to change. You hear this guy? Okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll say I'll say seventh. Oh, you, now you're flip flopping. No, no. I'll say seventh because I'm just looking. Because we named him. We named him. We named five, and then I think like FAU FIU could be like solid. Uh, oh, Middle Tennessee. I didn't even count them. That's another offense that'll be better. All right, yeah. I'll say seventh as well, which isn't, I mean, terrible. If you have a good defense defense that's like top five. Listen Wednesday. Yeah, listen Wednesday to find out what we think. Um, Okay. Here, let's get to some stats predictions here, Colin. Okay. Jalen Darden had 76 receptions last year for 760 yards. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Does he have more than both of those numbers? And what are his numbers going to be this year? 85 for 850. 736 yards is actually what he did. But yes, continue. 85 for 850? Yeah. No way. No way in hell. Here's why. Mason finally completed 257 passes last year. Mm -hmm. Starting quarterback, whoever that quarterback is. Actually, both quarterbacks combined will complete about 220 max. So you're telling me over a third of the passes go to Jalen Darden? Yes, because I think they're going to do a lot more dumping off. And Jalen Darden's good in space, so they'll probably do 85, Colin? Okay. He's going to catch a lot of stuff. I was going to roll with like 70, 75. No, because I don't think they're going to be throwing it to the outside as much as they did last year. And they didn't even really do it a I'm whole just lot worried. I'm just worried about the quarterbacks, Colin. I understand. That's what I'm worried about. But the about. ball's got to go somewhere. You trying to tell me out of those, into the ground? Out of those two. <laughs> you trying to tell Out of bounds? <laughs> Dang. <laughs> You try I'm to tell sorry. me out of those two twenty, who else are they throwing it to to make up the the remaining one hundred and fifteen? Oh, this gets to our next portion here. Jair Shorter, How Deontay what do you have Simpson. Year? What do you have last year? Twenty four and twenty, or actually twenty four and eighteen. Greg White, Austin Gumikin. Greg White's not is going to catch like Jason Perry will have way more than seventeen. I think he'll have like close to thirty. Close to thirty. Oh, you added thirteen. Thirteen. Oh, yeah, he's he's going to be better. Uh, running backs will probably get a little more DeAndre Torrey-esque. Um, yeah, no. I'm not rolling with 85. I'm rolling with 85. There is no way that Jair gets more than what he got last year. Oh, there's, yes, there is. No way. Yes, there is. More jump balls. More eyes on him. I mean, he's going to be he's, he's gonna be like the number one option in a lot of plays. I don't think so. I, I, think I so. mean, I think he'll be the number one option. I don't think he's going to. I don't think the ball's going to get there. Okay. And I don't think they're going to have time to get it to him. Here's an over-under for you. Over-under touchdown passes this year. Oh, God. From and all of them combined. Combined? All of I don't them like combined. the combined. Can I do individual? Too bad. Okay. All of them combined because I don't know who's starting. I don't, I'm not going to guess. Total touchdown passes. Oh, this hurts. 21 and a half. Under. How much under? Give me like 18. I was thinking like 20. Give me like 18 and like 12 interceptions. And the thing is, we've been so spoiled that like Mason Fine, oh, Mason Fine has 30 and, touchdown and, passes. And, and another thing that I said it's last like, year, what? another thing that I said last year was like, or last podcast, was that we are sitting here through the the tainted glasses of looking at everything through what, how good Mason was. Whereas like if we're, if we're covering Charlotte, this yes. could be just like the godsend. Yes. <laughs> Derek I mean? Thompson, guess how many touchdown p- passes he threw in that 9 and four, I looked it up one time. It wasn't a lot. I think it was like 17. 16. Yeah, 16. 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. Yeah. And he went to the he went to an NFL camp. Broncos. Oh, well, I mean, James Morgan got drafted for God's sake. So where's the standard really? Where's the standard? <laughs> Ridiculous. Um how tall is Derek Thompson? I bet that's why. Probably like 62. Ridiculous. 64, it's what he's listed at. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyways, yeah, I, we take it for granted. Thirty touchdown passes a season. No, we do. We really, we do. really do. Derek Thompson, sixteen, thirteen. Derek Thompson, the year before that, fourteen, fourteen. Are we saying these quarterbacks are better than Derek Thompson? I've never watched Derek Thompson. I've I've heard good things about Derek Thompson. That's all I know. All right, let's compare him to a a, a conference USA quarterback, uh, no, Chris Reynolds. It's, it's gonna be the same thing. It's uh, it's gonna be around 18, 16, 15. I think Chris Reynolds was was the same, but let's see. Chris Reynolds last year, 
22 touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Like, that's the ceiling. That is the ceiling, I think. That's terrifying. That's not terrifying. That is terrifying. It's it's, it's different, Coleman. It's different. It's terrifying Mason because... Mason Fine is not walking through that door. I understand, but I said it's terrifying because you have to make it up in another way. Yes, you do. Just like Charlotte last year, 22-11 and 11 from their quarterback, they had Benny LeMay, and their defense was better. Right, but I'm. They still have, they have the same running backs. I know. <laughs> the Four. look the look Bruni just gave me was like, I understand. We're gonna get through this together. I understand, <laughs> Colin. Get this together. But they don't have an option. Okay, they don't have any other choice. They have to run the ball well. They have to play better defense. They have to force takeaways. And they have to help their quarterbacks out. And Seth Luttrell has to coach his ass off. So there All right, you, you have any more over-unders? It's, uh, kind of wanted to end on that. That was kind of an exclamation point, Colin. But I guess we can keep going. Let's see where we at. All right, Trey Siggers. In 10 games last year, he rushed for 853 yards and six touchdowns. I think I'm comfortable saying that as the over-under, both of those. 853 for six touchdowns. Over on both. See, I think it's easy to say over on both. Without considering a, the carries that Tory will get and whoever else will get, and b, that's relying on a lot of success. No, if, if Trey Sigurds is healthy, he's getting the ball. But even 152 carries is a lot of carries. Just saying, 152. I mean, it's not a lot. Didn't Tory have 13 touchdowns one year? He had uh, like 17 touchdowns. Yeah, you're trying to tell me that six, six is a... I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying... With I, Mason at quarterback? Look, look, we've seen teams... What was the team? Was it Old Dominion? I think it was like Old Dominion, where they had like four touchdowns all season or something like that. You remember that? when we were Four passing touchdowns, yeah. Yeah, they had four passing touchdowns, and then like... Let me look up Old Dominion. Like, if we're hoping the offense is good... I'm just saying that year that Torrey got 17 touchdowns was because the, the North Texas couldn't score in the red zone. They're able to get in the red zone this year. Trey Sigurds getting the ball every time. Well, Dominion was so bad. Five passing touchdowns by four different people. <laughs> My goodness. And I'm pretty sure one was a receiver. Yeah, one was a receiver. <laughs> <laughs> okay, they had respect amount of rushing touchdowns. I take it back. But anyways, 15 touchdowns is like a lot. For a running back, regardless. Well, of what Tory you had seven. No matter what you say, yeah. Give me on a thirty-nine me, point per game offense. How many? How many rushing yards did Jeffrey Wilson have his last year? Gotcha. Actually, I can just press backspace. Uh, Jeffrey Wilson, twelve hundred, twelve fifteen. Give me a thousand and ten touchdowns for Trey. Jeff Wilson had sixteen rushing touchdowns. Again, these are different offenses. 2017, 2018. Different offense. 2017-2018 passed a lot more. This team's running more. <laughs> more attempts does not equate more yards. It may not, but they got Trey Sigurds now. If you run the ball and you get zero yards, it counts Listen, as a man. carry. Listen, it counts <laughs> doesn't as count as any yards. Sorry. You don't think I'm... You don't, you, you're gonna, you going under? No, no, no. I know. I, I'm thinking about 900 and like 8, 8 or 9. I think I think Tory will have a good year. I really do. I think Tory will have a good year. I think don't don't sleep on Tory. I'm excited. I'm not sleeping on Tory. You are. 
It's just going to be Trey until he's tired, and then Tori comes and in. And then Tori comes in. For and a boom, carry, he does and well. Trey no, more than out. a carry. More than a carry. You're wrong. You're wrong. All right. Let's get to our points per game predictions, Colin. Scary. This is scary. Let's do it. So this is the one I want to be held to. I want to play this next year and be like, wow, I can't believe we were exactly right. Even though we will not be at all. You made me go first last time, so it's your turn. All right, Colin. Here we go. With everything we've just talked about, the inconsistencies, the concerns, the quarterback position battle, the offensive line uncertainty, the trail play calling. They were 31 and a half last year, Bruni. Or 30 and a half, sorry. What do you give this them? This offense will average. Drum roll. You're having trouble. 26 and a half. Ew. 26 and a half. I'm taking 26 and a half. Well, so based on that reasons. prediction, we know they're not winning a bowl there's game. A few, there's a few There's a few. reasons. There's a few reasons. A, they don't play A&M. So their average will not, like, you know, they're not going to score. So like, it's going up, boys. Yes. He was going to say 23 before. <laughs> if, if they played A&M, I probably would have said 23-24. That's awful. Because you're scoring 10 points in that game. I know, I know, I know. I know. Yeah, even if you score 14 points, still, you don't have that game to worry about. You have Houston Baptist. Then you have those two tough not putting 40 teams. up against Houston Baptist. Hopefully more, but yes. Um, then you get in conference play, and while conference schedule is not, you know, easy by any stretch of the imagination, I still think they can put up, you know, 28 on a pretty consistent on a fairly consistent basis. Whether that's enough to win, we'll get into that on Saturday. I don't know. But I'm saying like Charlotte, Middle Tennessee, UTEP, that's three game stretch. I think they can average over 30. And then, you know, you end the season with La Tech, UAB, Rice, UTSA, you can average 25, 26 there. And so with all that being said, I'm taking 26 and a half, and I'm pretty confident in that. What say you? I was going to go a little bold, but now I'm scared. Go bold, Colin. Go 30. bold. 30. 30. 30. Why? <laughs> the way you just held out your hand toward me. Why? Why? <laughs> While Bernie said that, he said we're losing all credibility. What is happening? <laughs> okay. No, I know. I th- we can't lose any more credibility than we did last year. What no, uh, 30. Because Trey's going to have a really good year. I still think the quarterbacks aren't going to be as bad as we keep seeing them. Again, the glasses of Mason Fine, mm-hmm. and that, that's a big point. That is a good. Point. Yeah, I'm. I'm just. I. I have to. I feel like I have to reel myself in every time I think of the quarterbacks. So I'm. So I'm reeling myself in there, and I think that Jalen Darden is going to be really, really good in space, and I think he's going to get the ball a lot. And you know. You have two quarterbacks who play a lot differently, and Jason Bean's going to get some rushing touchdowns. Here's a point, because we don't have a special team segment on this in our podcast anywhere. Ethan Mooney, I've said it before, is a great kicker. If he gets more field goals than last year, I'm going to be really sad. It's probably going to happen. He was 16 to 20 last year. I'm saying if he... I'm saying I'm saying it's a weapon. I'm not saying it as a negative of the offense because oh, okay. I just don't okay, think the okay. offense. Because I feel like so many times Bro, last year it was like I mean, wow they're kicking here. I mean we can't expect this offense to score sixty no, no, no. touchdowns. I think 60% I think, of the time I think in the this next zone. year this year is going to be the way they have they kick their field goals is going to be a lot different. Where this year it's going to be like they're going to try to get in field goal position, whereas last year it was because they couldn't capitalize on a first and ten and on the thirty still, yard line. They'll still struggle to capitalize. No, like, I know, but but we're not. What, they're not going to have a big play and then 
and then sputter. sputter. It's going to be like, we, we know bit. what to expect. Exactly. All I'm saying, and I say this, I say this because I believe Ethan Mooney to be a very good kicker to where I think he scores, he might move up there average a point or two. Like, First I mean, even NFL if he, player drafted he, since. Even if he, even if he, let's say goes 16 to 20 again mm-hmm. against an average kicker, below average kicker that goes 13 for 20. Mm-hmm. It's nine points over the course of 12 games. That's almost raising him a full point as far as average goes. Like, so for that reason is why I'm a little, also a little optimistic as far as points per game goes. So 26 and a half for and me. And we didn't talk about this. Defense possibly, hopefully getting some takeaways. Yes. 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 Great segue to ending this podcast, Colin. Mm-hmm. Check out our podcast on Wednesday on the defense. We're very excited for it. Um, send this to your friends. Tell them how smart we are and how good of insight I really we, said 30, game, 30 points a game. Wow. Hey, man. I can't believe myself. Hey, you, you know, it's 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 a possibility. It's a possibility. Um, good. I'm glad we ended this podcast on hope. And that's what I enjoy is having some hope for this season. So that should be the hashtag. So to find a way. Hope. Hashtag hope. No, because that's just going to, that just demeans people. and Find a way kind of demeans. Oh, it does, but <laughs> oh, it less does. obviously. Ah. Be like, because if you tell someone... We have hope. It's like, oh, it's, so we already lost. It's like, oh, okay, so like yeah. we're not supposed to like have any. It's like telling here. telling the telling the four A team that made it the high, or the playoffs in high school that are playing like the best team, Allen. Yeah, like we got some hope. Yeah, we're, we're gonna be the team and then lose yeah. fifty eight. Believe, <laughs> believe, guys, believe. Why not us? No, 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 no. I mean, similar to find a way, but find a way. I feel like is more uh, aggressive in that. You know, find a way. To score points, find a way, you know, through adversity, I feel like. You know, believe is just, believe you can do it. Find a way is that, right? you know. Find a way is being tangible. There you go, Colin. There you go. The other one's just dreams. All right, subscribe to MeanGreen247.com, please, and thank you. It's a 50% discount for the entire month of August. Um, Again, we have VIP week coming up starting Monday. I don't know when y'all are listening to this, but starting Monday, we will have VIP content every single day, Monday through Friday, um, and starting with a Q&A on Monday. So be prepared to send in your questions. We'll start that off probably around 10, day, 10 a.m. and probably no, probably go from like noon to, to 5, roughly, just taking questions. Probably just have my computer open, just going. Maybe I should trim it to an hour. We'll see. Who knows? But um, subscribe to Mingering 24-7. A lot of great stuff coming up late um, throughout the week. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts at Bruni's Breakdown Podcast if that's how you're listening. Subscribe. Leave a five-star rating and review. We greatly, greatly, greatly appreciate it. Um, it helps us allow it a lot to, you know, s- just see how fans are reacting, to see, you know, how we're doing and to get that feedback from the North Texas community. Fo- follow on SoundCloud as well. That's where we also post our podcast at. Um, follow us on Twitter at Green 24 7 for Colin at CJH Mitchell and me at wait, there's no underscore, right? It's just CJ Mitchell. Yeah. Come for on, me, how many times have you said this? For me at Matthew Bruni underscore. There we go. So there you go. Because Matthew Bruni was taken, unfortunately. Um <laughs> But yeah, leave us a five star rating and review. We appreciate y'all listening. Again, defense podcast on Wednesday. Be ready for it. For Colin Mitchell, for Maya Mitchell, I'm Matthew Bruni. Y'all be safe and we'll talk to y'all later.